It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back to the darker side of the after show. I'm your host, Sean, joined as always by my co-host, Lukey from ITR Boxing. And this episode is a reflection of the life and the times and the moments and the funny moments of Mr. Neon Leon Spinks. It was one hell of a story, one hell of an episode. And myself and Johnston thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed learning more about Mr. Spinks and his life and some of the ups and the downs and the comical moments and it's now time to reflect upon that episode with yourself Lukey and as always when we bring you into this episode and we talk about initial reactions I'm keen to know what your interpretations of Leon Spinks were going into this and now if there's been any changes or if it's just reaffirmed what you already knew about Leon Spinks. My um relationship with Spinks was the Ali fight and having watched Ali documentaries all my life that's one of the tent poles of the Ali documentary that kind of signals the end in most Ali narrative structures I think beyond that um beloved fighter in his area you look at guys like Corey Spinks basically got a lot of their buzz basically being related to leon and michael spinks and the spinks brothers so my initial thought was just kind of those general concepts what i didn't know was how humorous he was and that was kind of like the takeaway from this he was a humorous individual like well loved by many people and like although this is the darker side of boxing and and a lot of the narratives that we cover for the show uh, are sort of dark and grim and difficult issues outside of the ring and and Leon was no exception really he he had difficult issues outside of the ring and I think what it was for me was the the whole bright lights of boxing as we titled the episode you know Neon Leon Spinks and the bright lights of boxing and what the 
metaphor really is there is that then bright lights of boxing can can either go one way or another and and in boxing you get to see some guys go go to the top and and rise to prominence and have all that fame and fortune as a result of it and and live a good life and then you get the other side of the fence where you get guys like Leon Spinks who they basically do something in the sport that is so significant that they'll be remembered forever for it by but then they don't end up going on to sort of have that star-studded career that you essentially accept, expect them to have. And I think what I took away from this was that I knew from previous episodes that I'd done with Johnston that him and obviously Michael go to the Olympics and they win medals and they're hometown heroes. And, and it basically looks like these two guys are going to go on and you know dominate their divisions respectively. And ultimately what I took away from it was that it was contrasting both of their lives and their stories because whilst Michael had the better career overall, Leon was the one that was classed as the the more talented fighter in many people's eyes. And he had that big significant moment where he beats Muhammad Ali in like his eighth professional fight. And it's huge. And it is a moment that will be remembered forever in this sport. And it's at that moment where everything just seems to change for him. And life just kind of goes really fast and really hard and as a side note what I didn't know about Leon going into this episode was that Mr. T was actually his bodyguard for a a quaint number of years and I found that quite interesting uh, hilarious and it was good to hear some of the stories from his perspective being Leon's bodyguard about what really goes on behind the scenes and how there's so many hankers on when you're a winner and how there's absolutely nobody there when you're a loser. Very true words. And I think the other thing that I couldn't help but think he was Buster Douglas before Buster Douglas. We just don't think of him in that way because Buster Douglas was such a massive upset compared to this. But at the time, he was one of the guys that had pulled off one of the biggest upsets, Ali Pryor against Liston. But this in its era was one of the biggest upsets. It had to be the biggest upset of the 1970s. 100%. It was, it'll be remembered as one of the biggest upsets in boxing history. Of course it will. And it is Buster Douglas before Buster Douglas. But I think the difference between the two fights that we're talking about there, obviously Tyson Douglas and, and Spinks and Ali, is the fact that Leon Spinks had this incredible amateur career and he had this medal that came from the Olympics as a result of his incredible amateur career. So the expectation for someone like Spinks was very high. And much like a, a Lomachenko of this generation, he goes into his pro career and very early on he gets put into this position to fight for the title against Ali, who essentially overlooks him in that first fight. And while his skills are evidently declining, you know you can see that Leon Spinks had everything he needed that night to beat an aging Ali. And then obviously they have the rematch and, and Ali wins the rematch and then... From that moment on, really, Leon Spinks' career just starts to to plummet a little bit. And he starts to get involved in issues outside of the ring. Drug abuse, yet again, is a big problem with a lot of these boxers. And we've seen it even in today's generation. I mean, we've seen Ricky Hatton, we've seen Joe Calzaghe, and now we've just seen Kel Brook go viral on social media with a video of him snorting what appears to be cocaine, which just seems to have been confirmed it's cocaine, off a table. And it's just... It's just shocking that someone like a Leon Spinks is remembered in in sort of different ways by different people. I I now remember him as the guy that beat Muhammad Ali, the guy that had the potential to have a star-studded career, and yet 
he rose to prominence and falled from grace so quickly. And that's kind of what I've taken away from this whole story with Leon. Very much so. I think that to me, another big thing that I take away with Leon Spinks is sometimes when you beat a great fighter like a Bernard Hopkins or some of these, it really does the opposite, you know, like Buster Douglas beats Mike Tyson, but he doesn't really go on to have that career Spinks has the accolades. He beats Ali. He doesn't have that career. Sergey Kovalev basically loses the minute he beats Bernard Hopkins. Chad Dawson loses the minute he beats Bernard Hopkins. We often think about the passing of the torch or the underdog that comes up. But I think just as often when the guy gets the big win, their life goes to shambles. Yeah, and I think it takes a certain type of fighter, doesn't it? And a certain type of human being to be able to continue that consistency of living such a clean life outside of the sport and for somebody like Leon who came from the Pruitt Igo projects you know a really difficult upbringing a really difficult neighborhood naturally he's always going to have that street kid within him because that's how he's grown up and it's like Michael seemed to kind of move on from that part of his life and continue to sort of moving in a different direction whereas Leon it was always there it never left him it was just all that happened is that the fame and the fortune that came with it and the hangers on that came with it just brought that back out of him brought that street kid back out of him and someone who was so poor to have everything thrusted upon them sort of relatively early on and too many people being involved and too many hangers on being involved it's it's difficult and you see it in the modern era you see fighters where you see the rise to prominence and you think this is an amazing fighter who's going to do so much. They win a huge fight. They get so many hangers on come around them. And all of a sudden, the way they go into these fights, their attitude, their motivation levels have just change completely. And someone that we've covered for career profiles is Prince Nazim Hamed. He's a prime example here in the UK of a fighter who got it all to the top, seemingly was going to be the guy that would rule the division and then he just let it all go because of his antics outside of the ring not because he was a drug addict just because he was arrogant and he didn't have that mental strength and capability to be able to maintain what he was doing and he become lazy and it was a fighter by the name of Marco Antonio Barrera who exposed all of that in their fight in 2001 and for Leon Spinks it is very sort of a similar situation, but very much earlier on during the, the late 1970s and into the 80s, he gets drawn into that party and that, that sort of street life that has always been within him. And it just affects his career so much. And it made me laugh at the fact that going into the Ali fight, you know, he was he was doing it then. Like the stories of him sort of taking drugs all the way up to the Ali fight. The fact that he's sleeping with people all the way up to the Ali fight. And there's even a story in there in the episode about the fact that Ali comes out to do his road work and he sees Leon coming in thinking that maybe he's already beat him to his road work. And actually he's coming in from a party. And it's like, how did Leon Spinks beat Muhammad Ali that particular day given the fact that he was partying all the time that just kind of goes to prove that he was obviously a very talented individual and he met Muhammad Ali at the right time I think sometimes chaos breeds success right it's not a very long lasting one but in all forms of sport we always seem to see these figures who have these runs whether it's Dennis Rodman in basketball Spinks in this moment um, there's many different examples of these kind of people that live this crazy party life. But then what do we always know about that? There's no form of sustainability. 
once once whatever they've done gets elevated or they have to replicate it, there's too much variant when you're doing too many things outside of the task at hand. And I just think that maybe maybe this can work on one occasion, but we've never really seen the consistent um, time and time again performance that works over 10 years using this formula. I don't think there's many fighters that can make this type of a life work. I mean, look at you know the fighters we've covered for the darker side of boxing that were synonymous with this type of party life. Hector Camacho, the opening episode. Johnny Tapia, the opening episode of season two. I mean, there's two fighters straight away that you make sort of the comparisons to in terms of their life outside of the ring. And it's becoming more of a frequent occurrence as more episodes get delivered to everybody is that you kind of see this pattern and trend forming of fighters who succumb to this this sort of party life, this, this life of taking narcotics, this life of sort of thinking that they're, they're that good of a fighter that they can kind of get away with not training as much as what they need to train. But it's that hunger level and that success and the desire to, to win that drops as the fame and fortune come in. And it takes a certain kind of human being, I think, with that mental strength to be able to be consistent with something like that. I mean, there are fighters out there. Of course there are. There were many fighters over the years that have been able to achieve such greatness and been able to withstand from all of the the pleasures and the the absolute drug-taking moments of being outside of the ring. I think what I saw from this and what I took away from this story was another rise to prominence and a, and a harsh fall from grace and as you go through the course of the episode and the story you start to realize by the fact that he's he's losing certain fights that you probably would have expected him to win and then the fact that he's you can sort of see it's it's having an effect on his health as well and you can see by interviews that were done in the mid 1980s that he's starting to slur a bit he's starting to sound a bit punch drunk and is getting hit far too often and as time went on in his life it was even more evident and more interviews that were done throughout the 90s into the 2000s all the way up until him passing. I mean, it's really sad to see some of the interviews up until he passed where he's, he's you, you can't understand him. You can't understand what he's saying throughout the course of these interviews and it's, it's a really sad state of affairs what it kind of came down to. And I just feel that pit of sadness within me thinking, you know, this was a guy that had the world at his feet and again he's just he was like they said Leon being Leon you know he was a nice guy but even Michael his own brother couldn't control what he was doing and he was just easily led easily influenced and ultimately it was it was his downfall overall his health declined his mental health declined he gets cancer he unfortunately passes away at the age of 67 and you just sort of sit back and you think about everything and you just feel a little bit sad for sad for him sad for his wife at the time brenda and it just leaves this sort of little bit of a hole for me with him like i feel sad i know he's achieved quite a lot more than what people will ever achieve in the sport but i also always have that thought of you know he could have been so much greater or he could have again shoulda woulda coulda he could have done so much more in the sport but i suppose what i take away from it lukey is what he did in the sport was so significant 
that it's left this lasting legacy on on him as an individual. And I think the first thing people think of when you talk about Leon Spinks, if they don't talk about the fact that he had he had two missing front teeth, they talk about the fact that he beat Muhammad Ali. Yeah, and I think that also he stayed close to the Marine Corps is something that's kind of downplayed in his story. Um, to me, with Spinks, we like we always talk about live life without regrets, but it feels like if you're going to be anyone that lives a life of some type of life, you're going to deal with depression in a certain way and you're going to have regrets like it's inevitable. That's probably why we don't say it. And it feels like Leon Spinks had one of the more turbulent versions of that story on a public platform. One of the things that surprised me with Leon's story was that he wasn't a very good father for many years to his children. And as time went on and maybe realisation kicked in and life got the better of him, he realised you know, he had so many great people in his life around him that just wanted his time. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And it was nice as we went through the end of the story that he managed to repair relationships with his children meeting his grandchildren and in some ways like a little bit of kind of redemption for past failings were were kind of there at the end and it just felt a bit of a sad end because you know he died at 67 67 really in this generation is kind of young and you would expect Michael Spinks to still be with us now and still telling stories and still having that time with his family. And it just felt really saddening to me as a, as a human, sort of knowing that as he got to the end, that redemption came from him where he picked everything back up in his life and made it good again. And then something like the big C word comes along and just and just 
cripples him completely and just just takes his life away and it is sad i find it really sad but i also feel quite sort of heartwarmed to know that he was able to sort of make reconciliations with the right people in his life you know before the end and he was able to show them the love that needed to be shown and, and build them relationships or repair them relationships that needed to be repaired and that was kind of a nice part of the story for me and i hope that kind of came across to everybody when we, we was telling it that you know we've presented some funny moments of him having one of the uh, largest penises in the world uh, according to an ex-girlfriend and some of these funny moments of him partying but the realities are harsh harsh realities and i think we we really enjoyed being able to sort of tell the story of the relationships at the end and that that's one of the big things that i kind of took away from from his story about not knowing about the issues he was as, as a father him not being a great father but then him sort of making up for things at the end i i hope he found his peace right because all of us at some point i think we aim to find peace and that's a big thing i it, Listening to a lot of this reminded me of my friend Jerry Hoffman, who was instrumental in women's boxing. And sadly, he passed away a few years and that was he left far too soon, too, which was unfortunate. And he would always talk about a fighter and go, I bet if they could do it again, they'd come to the shows and they'd be there. And listening to this, I I heard Jerry's words in my head saying, I bet if Leon could do it again, he'd, he'd do it again, because it feels like I don't want to say we glorify or glamorize the pain and the struggle, but when it was probably really bad, it was really bad. And it it's ridiculous to us because we lead functional lives, but it was probably pretty damaging and hard for the people around him because it never stopped. And I hope that he found his, his peace in those from his actions that probably alienate him quite a bit from his peers. So when you say do it again, do you mean in the sense that he would relive that whole scenario again, or would he do it differently? Well, I'm sure he wouldn't do it the same way because, I mean, his life is a lot of it as an adult is self-induced pain. Yeah, I mean, some people say that they would certainly want to change things in life and, and go through the boxing careers and do things quite differently. And I'm sure many people do have the same regret when they retire and when they move on from the sport and when they get to that sort of age where, you know, and deafies are creeping up on you, unfortunately. And I think you kind of see some fighters that will say, I wish I would have done this, or I wish I would have had this. But then you also see some that said, I'll just do the same thing again. I would have just gone through the same cycle again. I wouldn't change it for the world. It's usually the saying that a lot of them use because it wouldn't have gotten to where they were if they wouldn't have gone through that ride. And I suppose it's, it's how you have a perspective on life. Do you have that perspective of life where, you know, it's it's, it's a journey. It's one journey that you're on. And you can't change what happens on that journey, but you can certainly look back on it and, and try and remember the more positive moments of that particular journey. Or you can you can be someone that kind of lives with that wholehearted regret of, I wish I would have done this with my career, or I wish I would have not taken them drugs, and I wish I would have trained better for this fight. And I think you do get two contrasting characters, really. Like You either get one that'll say, I'm happy I did what I did and I had the career that I had and you'll get the other that kind of wishes they would have done so many different things to, to have changed things. So it's, I suppose, what do you kind of believe? What do you what do you think about, you know, as a human being, as an individual, when it comes down to that? Do you side with that one person who, who doesn't live with the regret of how things have gone throughout the career or do you go for the other side of it and just kind of live with that regret and 
kind of constantly beat yourself up and 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 i know there's so many different people in in the walk of life that have have two different contrasting sort of standpoints and and interpretations of that so it, it is an interesting sort of conversation to have and obviously you mentioned your good late, late departed friend who, who sort of talked about that methodology behind it and it was really interesting i think leon was a type of character where would he have done things the same way again you would like to think he wouldn't have done but then i think maybe because of who he was as a person and his lack of education growing up and he's uh you know he was obviously had some learning difficulties growing up I, I think leon probably would have just lived this life again i just get that feeling he would have been the type of person that just would have took the ride once more regardless of the fact that he ended up where it ended up he would have done it and i think that's one of the other things i kind of took away was like him as an individual although i never got the chance to meet him or speak to him i just kind of get this feeling that if i would have got that chance he would have been the exact same character and individual that everybody else said he was and it would have been you know not not sort of a different conversation that we would have been having like we would have been hearing the same things that we were portraying and the quotes that we were using for the episode about leon but i i overall enjoyed telling that story about him like it doesn't necessarily sort of fit into the 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 darker side of boxing in a way where you think of some of the other episodes that we've covered but for us it was about presenting the story of a man who had a career that could have been something much greater which was great of course it was great but it could have been something much greater but again it's the dark side of of life and being within the sport and the fame and fortune of boxing that dragged him right down into that dark side of this sport and that's kind of the premise behind what we did this episode for with leon is it we wanted to tell all the different stories and all the different moments in his life and his boxing career that kind of led to where things were him sweeping floors in the auditorium where he once stood with his medal being presented to the to the crowd and being presented to the hometown i thought that was a really strange come full circle moment yeah i mean it's it's definitely a very american story it has everything involved in it where it has sorrow it has triumph it has humor it's not simple right and it's I don't know. I think I carry too much baggage right now when I listen to these stories because I think I'm battling depression myself. So everything I look at is depressed and I'm angry. And then when I listen to this story, I just bring myself into it. And probably Leon was more of a lovable character who's jolly and just making bad decisions at times and just enjoying feeling good. And I think I just put my own baggage with all the stuff I'm dealing with. So I think it's hard for me to really be the most objective when looking at this story, too. I can understand that it's a it's a difficult it's a difficult thing to be going through, and I think everybody goes through these really challenging moments of their lives. And I think like we bring you onto the show, and and you know you go in at this from a completely different perspective than me, who's who's trying to sort of stay balanced and and you know as objective as possible. But I suppose when you're in a certain mind frame, it must be even more difficult to kind of sort of comprehend certain things and and maybe. Like some things are are more relatable because of the well, fact that I think that... with him, I look at him as guys that I grew up in the gym with, right? So it's like Leon Spinks to me, his story, the way I normalize it is he was the guy that helped me in the gym. He was a good friend, but he was completely unreliable to show up to sparring. He was completely unreliable to necessarily be there every day. 
he was someone that would mold you into the person you are mean well but his demons would make him completely unreliable and he'd serve sadly at least some of these people did for me in my young adulthood as cautionary tales of i want to do a little bit better than them not that i judge them but i don't want to end up on this track because i grew up in the gym with the guy that slurs his speech and talks slow and spars every kid in the gym it's to me it serves as more of a cautionary tale of respect his legacy but also respect that this is what the sport of boxing can do to you and with that i think that's a good way to kind of bring a close to this darker side of the after show where i can't have put it any better myself and i hope that everybody listening to this episode you've enjoyed leon's tale and it's taught you a thing or two and you've been able to get a little bit more educated and know some more information about Leon if you didn't already know some of this stuff and that's what we love to do we love to bring you these stories that give you all different perspectives from different people that were there and and our own opinions personally and then obviously Lukey you come on the after show and you give your completely different perspective of of sort of where you see Leon and how you can compare it to your own life and how it can sort of be relatable in parts to your own life and it is really good to to have that conversation on on this show because it's it, we're able to sort of project our own feelings uh, and, and and relate to our own personal lives as to some of these moments that leon spinks went through as an individual and as a human being and this is what we we all boil it down to at the end of the day we're only human people make mistakes humans make mistakes it's about how you learn from their mistakes is what matters and i think with leon spinks he wasn't able to learn from those mistakes and that's why he had such a long time throughout his life and his boxing career where he was just up and down and it was a huge roller coaster ride at the one point he was at the highest peak of the roller coaster beating muhammad ali and then he would just go down this huge dip and that dip would take him right to the very bottom, which would be ending up in the auditorium, sweeping the floors for minimum wage and probably less than minimum wage. And But yeah, he was just content within himself. And I just found that sort of so strange, but yet a feeling of sort of that's that heartwarming feeling of that. And he was happy. He was happy with that. I want to add one thing, because this story reminds me of James Page, who's from where I'm from, and he's probably going to be on the darker side of boxing one day and maybe we'll even get him on this show, is he was a world champion, and then he was a bank robber. He robbed banks two times in his life, went to prison. And now I believe he's installing solar, but at the time, I believe he was working at the grocery store. So I think that for a lot of people, this story is very foreign. But for me, that's someone that I ran into working a very ordinary job that when I was a kid, he was a world champion. So I think part of my my difficultness with this is this is a very real story for me people that i know who are doing well they are going to be working minimum wage jobs modern champions it's not an if there will be a lot of them and i guess i just wanted to share that like it's not it's this isn't an anomaly this is very common yeah yeah you're right it is it is you do you always wonder what happens to certain fighters within this sport once they leave the sport some of them become so successful that they're set for life some of them 
you know, basically living in state houses that are provided for by the governments and they're given money to basically live because they can't afford to be able to support themselves or they're going and working low-end paid jobs to be able to support themselves whilst dealing with the medical issues that have come as a result of boxing careers and it it happens a lot and I think it's a scary scary thought to know that there's absolutely hundreds and thousands of fighters across the world that are exactly in the same position the reason Leon Spinks is so different and, and why he's getting this tale is because of the fact that he went on to such greatness in his career that his legacy has been cemented in boxing history. And yet we cover this show and we cover the the downfalls of a lot of these fighters that we cover. And I think it's uh, it's kind of evident again that you know we've got another fighter here who had such a huge downfall throughout his life and his career that it was just such a shame that it had to be the way it was and, and I can understand why it's relatable for you because um, you do know and I know of, of many fighters that have since passed their careers and, and kind of a living what you wouldn't expect them to be living in and it is sad, it is hard and it is sometimes you have to kind of take yourself away from, from, from that realism to be able to present stories like this and I hope that everybody listening you can kind of relate to this in some way because I'm sure you, if you don't know anybody that's within boxing, maybe you do know somebody that's within sport in general and has been maybe moderately to, to majorly successful within a sport and then they've just had this big fall from grace. and But they've cemented the legacy, but yet they could be just living in on a council estate you know if, if it's if it's in the uk it's like a council estate it's basically where all the uh the the, the poorest of the poor live and and you get that in the suburbs of america as well you get the poor deprived areas where it is just difficult and you get so many people so many fighters that have entertained us over the years that are just living in these really really difficult areas and it is it's hard and it's sad and it is a hard and sad sort of part of the tale that we that we've done for this but what I hope people have taken away from it is learning more about Leon and more about him as an individual and as a person and, you know, take away any negatives for just a moment and sort of focus on the positives of him as a human being. And there were many of them, there were certainly many of them, regardless of his flaws. And that's what we took out of it. And that's what was so great about this episode for us, was learning more about him as an individual and, you know, the guy that always smiled for everything that he went through. He did what he did, and yet he just still smiled and kind of got through everything he got through. So I hope you guys listening to this have been able to take that side of it away from the episode as well. And, Lukey, I've got to say, big thanks to you, because, you know, you're going through some tough times, personally, and yet you come That's on the show... fine. People are dealing with much worse than me, and they listen to the show. So it'd be a real scumbag move... <laughs> there's people out there that listen and are excited about this show. So you don't know, someone could have a real illness. Someone could be battling depression. Someone could be suicidal. Listening to forms of entertainment are some of the healthiest things that can make lead to people making good decisions, get knowledge. So it's no issue. Yeah. Things aren't the greatest, but they could be a lot worse. And I'm never someone that goes, Oh, sit here. I'm so sad. No, I deal with it and I try my best, you know, and sometimes I'm a prick, but um, I it's important. It's important because it matters to your listenership. Absolutely, and it's always appreciated. There's many of our listeners that do message and say they really love having you on, and you know, for those that do love having Lukey on the show, please, 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 just tweet him at Lukey Boxing on Twitter. Please, just tweet him on there and just tell him because I tell him a lot. I tell you all the time how much I enjoy having you on and how much I appreciate you coming on the show. But I think sometimes it's always nice to hear it from 
just the random people that listen to the show. You know, they come from all parts of the world. And when you get those messages, it's it's nice. It is. It's uplifting. So for those that listen and enjoy listening to Luca on the darker side of the after show and also listen to his own stuff at ICR Boxing, please just let him know how much you appreciate what he does because I appreciate it and I know a lot of other people do. And it's always a pleasure having you on. And it's always a pleasure talking about these things and, and these different elements of the sport that we love to talk about. And it's a, a, a great episode and I hope everybody's enjoyed it. And if you have, please do let us know on social at Darker Side of Boxing. You can find us on Twitter at Darker underscore side underscore pod. And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on TikTok. Just type in BTR Boxing Podcast Network and you'll find all the other shows available through that conduit. But that's it for this episode. I hope you've enjoyed this episode talking all about the legacy of Leon Spinks. Podcast Network. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.